old age has kind of become the central theme of this this particular show, has it not? Begr- begrudgingly for you. You you named something um, like after Advil. I forget if it was one of our Slack channels or no. Oh no no no. So I think uh, on yes. So if we go to um, our podcast planning Slack channel, I put um, as the channel topic. There's more Advil in ILG thirty two, sir. Right there, there but, it is. But then when you got an Alexa, I then changed uh, the our Oval Office channel to be Alexa, order more Advil, please. Mm-hmm. That, thank you for reminding me to uh, turn off the microphone on my Alexa. But then she's going to glow orange and be mad at you. It re- yeah, it really is scary. It just it, I can see it out of the corner of my left eye here, and it's, it's mm-hmm. quite quite ominous. Mm-hmm. She's creeping up on the canary. <laughs> she she's she's the uh, she's the Trump to uh, Clinton uh, the Clinton canary here. Sorry. Oh, okay. You mean the debate thing? Yeah. Ah, it works on multiple levels. Hmm. You mean you mean Alexa's the uh, the Trump creeping up on on democracy, which is the canary. Mm. Mm, wow, the canary in the coal mine. Mm. All right. Oh, jeez. Should <laughs> See, we just should we just end the show right there? Do you think? So even when I'm sick, I I still got something. All right. <laughs> so no. Uh, so yeah, old age always has a, a theme on this show, as we both f- uh, firmly or or uh, sol- uh, solidly entered middle age. Uh, I was. I noticed earlier today. I was buying a couple of new T-shirts because I sent you the the auto executive thing, right? You, you did, and I I have to admit, and this is probably not going to please you much. I, do you I, get I, it? I, no, I really don't. Okay, so this Does, made its round. You, uh, you, you don't, you're not judging me too heavily, are you? No, no, it's okay. I just thought more of you. Oh, I, wow. I kid. You should, no, you should just just yell at me, please. No, I'm kidding. I, and because. This got passed around on the internet. It's from uh, like much more widely than I thought it would. It's a drawing or an illustration from a guy named Adam Coford, who is uh, a cartoonist and he used to work for uh, Disney and he makes a lot of cool stuff online. Um, and he did a drawing uh, named autoexec.bat. And old time computer users, uh, users will remember that this was one of the two incredibly necessary and critical uh, startup configuration files on DOS machines. So there's an ad, there's a there's a text file called autoexec.bat, which tells the system what order to load certain software so that Windows will boot properly. Okay. Does this doesn't ring a bell at all? Vaguely, yeah. Yeah. So th- there's two files like this. There was autoexec.bat and there was config.sys, and those were the two. Config.sys, I remember. Yeah, that's the one where you had to make sure all your hardware loaded in the correct order, or things would go. You'd have yes. IRQ conflicts and things I- would IRQ, just go crazy. IRQ channels. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, like, yeah, and I, I appreciate how much everybody enjoyed this, even though I think 95% of people didn't actually get it. But it's it's just cool because it's a cute little bat who is is drawn as an auto executive, and he's just sitting quietly at his desk with charts around him, showing like sales numbers, and it was it was cool. But if you got the joke, it was uh, like 10 times as funny. So what's the joke? Like, so autoexec.bat, the, the file name is for automatic execution dot batch script. But this is an auto as in like automotive exec, like as an executive, and it's a bat. So it's a little too on the nose for me. 
Uh, I'm not sure. It is. <laughs> and this does not work well over a podcast. So yeah, please... this is. I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad that we uh, chose our first topic here to be describe describing a photo. So please keep listening. That's smart. Yeah. Please keep listening because it'll it'll get better. Yeah, but no, I, this is. I literally see our listenership numbers just skyrocketing here. It's it's right on the screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's from it went down from nine to seven. That <laughs> <laughs> might be lofty. Um, don't tell me if that's true. Um, but no, the reason I, I bring this up is that uh, he made that into a shirt, and I was hedging my bets on, or I was trying to, I was hemming and hawing about whether or not to buy it, and I decided against it because I found that in my old age, I'm, I think I've outgrown, or I've got, I've become a lot more conservative in my uh, nerdy t-shirt or like joke t-shirt thing. So I'm actually glad you brought this up because I, I've experienced exactly the same thing this week where, so I, by now I'm sure you and, and all the listeners are familiar with the um, We Rate Dogs, They're Good Dogs, Brent meme that's that's been surprisingly widespread. I thought it was kind of a niche thing but i guess it's, it's amazing yeah it's it's pretty widely known now i guess when jason brought it up last week i was like this is insane that was so that's what prompted this and so um after jason had brought it up i was like huh this, this thing is is way more widely known than i thought it was and i it looked around a little bit and there's like merchandise and of course you know there's a mug which i, th- I think actually the we rate dogs twitter accounts promoted as well directly but there's there's the mug that just says you know they're good dogs Brent and that that's, that's all it says. I, th- I think there was a time in my life, maybe not that long ago, where I would have bought that mug, but I chose not to. I, th- I think for much much the same reasons you chose not to purchase that T-shirt. So here here's here's the thing. So I've gotten more. Con- so as I'm trying to dress more like an adult, those types of things have fallen. Uh, by the wayside a little bit, but not entirely. I'm not completely dead inside. Like I, I've just sent you a link. So like when the dog rates, uh, like official store popped up, I actually did end up buying this t-shirt. Okay. That, that, that's pretty good. That's, that's actually really good. Like I think super in jokey, uh, t-shirts are gone, but like I actually did end up like when I was thinking about that auto exec t-shirt. Like I did end up buying a couple of uh, Woot and Threadless shirts just to replace some old ones um, in my little rotation. Um, I've just gotten a lot more conservative with it. So, so as as an owner, uh, well, I guess increasingly few um, Threadless shirts, but at one time a great many Threadless shirts. They've for me they've become strictly relegated to around the house slash sleeping t-shirts. I I don't think I'd ever really wear one out in public anymore. I generally don't wear t-shirts out and about unless, you know, I guess like I'm on vacation or something. But if if I'm if I'm anywhere local, I'm I'm generally in a in a button-up shirt now. Yeah, for me I I I go between a couple things. So I still wear t-shirts sometimes, but it's usually coupled with um either like a cardigan sweater or a uh, like a, a hoodie or something like a zip up hoodie so it it varies but no i'm i'm still willing to participate in kind of uh, cutesy t-shirts or but yeah it's 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 getting old man yeah oh, that's not, it's not a bad thing i i'm we had to have discussed this on the show if not we've certainly discussed it off air but i've i've tried to dress nicer in the last year that's been sort of a a focus of mine yeah, we'll we'll have to circle back to that offline because I I think I 
I always thought I was making good progress on that, but I'm not so sure anymore. Um, well, I mean, yeah, we, we can talk about it more off the air, but I, I think yeah. you're, you're a pretty sharp dresser. Yeah. But I think this, uh, who's a good dog t-shirt will, it's, it's going to make a happy appearance. Yeah. No, that, that very much looks like you. Yeah. All right. So that's, that's that. And then uh, I have a, a small bit of follow-up before we get into our main, main stuff. Please. Uh, and, and I apologies to the to the listeners for last week's show's audio. Um, I'm working off a an interim microphone, and it's going to sound a little weird. Uh, but from whatever you actually ended up hearing, uh, my new car has a name. Oh, oh my goodness! That this is this is quite exciting. Yeah, uh, and I, and I'm 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 fairly proud of it. It's it's uh, his name is Miles Miles Davis. It's pretty good because it works on like three different levels. Hmm. Miles, because it's a car that accumulates mm-hmm. miles, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at least here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Miles Davis was a was a cool jazz musician, and his um, his most famous album was called "Kind of Blue," and the car's blue. So oh, there we go. Didn't think of that third one. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Yeah, uh, when when I stumbled across it, I was kind of like uh, just had a smile on my face for an entire hour. Nice. So proud of myself. Good. It was it was tough to top George, but yeah. Do you so does that name does that actually get to go anywhere in the car? Like is there some setting that you can have where like the car knows it's called Miles or is it is that just in your head? No, it goes into um this is going to sound weird. Like my my car has a, like there's a a a, um, a mileage, a gas mileage social network called Fuely. I think I've tried to convert you to this You've, once before. Yeah, but I have I have a whopping 72 Hundred miles in the year and a half I've I've had my car. You should still do it. Like it's it's like as as like a data nerd, which I think like everybody is. It's just like I don't know. It just I like having all that data, and it's just cool. Anyway, so that's, can I can I read your little tagline here for the the listeners? Oh, uh, what tagline? I, I think it's pretty good. Oh, sure. What is it? So there's a photo of your vehicle underneath its name, and then the little tagline is, This is Miles. Much like Davis's most acclaimed jazz album, this A4 is kind of blue. Yeah, I was pretty proud of that. Yep. Nice, nicely done. Again, decent follow-up to George Clooney. Yeah, that, that one was, um, it was tough to top, but you've, you've come close here. Yeah, that. Um, sorry to to bookend this topic. I'll, I'll give you. I'll let you read that tagline. Uh, so this is your. Um, oh, this is your old one. This is George. Yeah. Um, so that the tagline f- uh, for George was, "It's silver, refined, and charming, like Oscar-winning actor George Clooney." There we go. That's pretty good. So George, let's see, George. George so far is. Better, better gas mileage than miles. That's surprising. Well, that's because since I moved, I have uh, a shorter commute, which is nice, but also way less highway driving. Got it. Even still, though, I'm, I guess I'm a little surprised. Yeah, but I only have uh, like 500 miles on the new car, so right. How does it know? How does it? It's how does it know what what city driving, what's highway driving? Uh, you tell it. Oh, yeah. There's no like advanced analytics. Like it's it's just an app that you you download and you input your fuel up stuff. You see, you seem exactly like the type of person that would get one of those. Um, was it automatic things? 
Yeah, but like wouldn't, I don't know. wouldn't that wouldn't that automate this for you? I don't think it does. I thought, like, it, I I thought it, it had. I thought it had like fuel tracking, and then it gave you feedback on ways that you could improve your gas mileage based on the way that you're driving. I thought it had all that. Well, the thing is, I don't actually care about the gas mileage. Like, I'm I'm a selfish, awful American, so I I don't. Well, so what's the, what's the point of this thing then? Oh no, just to track it. Like, it's more like a mileage tracker for me. Like, I don't I don't. Well, doesn't doesn't your uh, <laughs> doesn't your car have an odometer, or do the Audis not come with that? Uh, no, it doesn't come with turn signals, but it does. <laughs> No, I think ugh, God, don't get me started on turn signals. But um, oh, we, could, we we could do a whole show on that. I actually do like that it gets mad at you if you if you uh, change lanes without uh, signaling. It's a fantastic feature. Good. Yeah. No, but seriously, so what do you what do you use this thing for then? Like, well, no. If you go back to like George's logbook, you can see like, I, and you can just track the price of gas. You can see your efficiency. You can see. Well, I don't know. It just rather than just like ending the car and saying like you have forty two thousand miles on it, you want to see. I don't know where it went. So, well, does this show you where it went? No. <laughs> <laughs> you're not, yeah, you're really not selling me on this thing, man. It takes four seconds every, like, three weeks when you fuel up. Yeah, but I, I, I literally sometimes go a month without putting gas in my car. Anyway. I really wouldn't get much out of this, I don't think. Nah, I still think you should do it. Just quit Facebook. Yeah, I should do that. <laughs> I'm. I have to find a way to like. It, I just get upset whenever I go on it now, just because it seems like it's so heavily skewed towards news now, or like shared posts rather than like stuff people did. And I'm. I'm not a fan with that. I. I have become increasingly aware that whenever I'm on Facebook, I. I feel just. I feel kind of guilty because I know that I could be doing something more productive. Even something like just looking at dogs on Instagram, I would consider mm-hmm. consider to be far more productive. Damn right. You know, I had a moment, I don't know if it was today or yesterday on, on Instagram, and I thought of you because there was a <laughs> solid, solid, I'd say like eight to 10 consecutive posts that I was scrolling through where it was just, it was just all dogs. Mm-hmm. Like I, I got a good, you know, two or three solid swipes where no humans, just, just dogs. You you have perfected your Instagram. Yeah, feed. I, now I know. That's why I thought of you because that's okay, just, just just feel no guilt, just feel pride. Uh huh. No, it's it's I'm I'm very prideful of that. Have I gotten you to follow Monty yet? I don't think so. I'll I'll follow Monty if you follow. Um, so my favorite, I'm I'm pretty sure I've shared this with you before. Uh, Wilson, the golden retriever. He's hold on. He's Wilson. he's really really good. The his handle here, and I can look it up. He's he's just yeah Wilson dot golden retriever, and he he really is the best, by far and away my favorite Instagram follow is that what we refer to them as? Oh, he's yeah. criminally underfollowed. He only has forty two hundred followers. I think I thought that was a lot. Oh God, Monty has like fifty thousand. Really? Oh, look at him in a Home Depot. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's the best. <laughs> and the, his his owner's pretty good. Like it's there's at least like three to five posts a day. So, all right, nope, followed. Yeah, good. Done. The, the, the lady friend and I thought that forty two hundred for just a random dog was was a lot. But oh my goodness, have you? Uh, I think Chad the corgi has about ten thousand. Um, no, some dogs are. It's it's, it's insane. Huh. <sighs> but no, I'm proud of you. Yeah, get 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 the real people out of there. It, it, yeah. Social media was meant for dogs. Right. Um, yeah, do you want to move on to some things that are not, <laughs> that are allegedly what the show is about, but not really? Sure, yeah. 
And please remember this episode that the T word is banned. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I would I would bleep that out every time it was actually used, but that sounds like too much work. <laughs> it would only be you saying it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So do you want do you want to kind of recap why people are mad at Apple this week? Oh gosh. Um, or they're mad at they're mad at Apple this week for a year's worth of neglect and uh, malaise and personal attacks. As somebody who's a, who who's like a slighted and like underserved Mac user, um, even I think some of this is getting a little ridiculous. But can, can you summarize, please? So I think the most recent bout of this was was largely set off in response to uh, an article from Mr. German uh, at Bloomberg. Uh, the article here is how Apple alienated Mac loyalists. And, you know, there's a bunch of back and forth about, you know, how the Mac isn't getting as much attention within Apple, particularly from upper, upper management, and how it's causing employees to feel disgruntled and sort of neglected, um, and how it's also potentially going to harm the company going forward because they're in quotes here, turning their back, you know, to some of their most loyal users. Um, and I think, you know, this article gets at where much of the angst, at least in our sort of, I was going to say the T word circles. Uh, so I'll, I'll just say that T word circles, people can figure out what that means, mm -hmm. has, has been centered mostly around the Mac. I think, you know, there, there's certainly been complaints about the iPhone and about, you know, lesser product categories, but the Mac seems to be where a lot of people's angst lies. And there's, I think, sort of two two different things. One, which gets more at what German's article is getting at, which is, you know, things like the Mac Pro, which haven't been refreshed in like what, about three years now. Same with like the Mac Mini. And then, you know, secondly, I think there's this other thing that people have been looking towards, which is even the products which are getting changed, like the MacBook Pro, are getting changed slowly, and the types of changes which are being made are not what people are looking for. So where Apple is striving towards thinness and battery life and fewer and fewer ports, there's at least a certain percentage of the base which is not looking for those things. They're looking for more processing power. They're looking for maybe even more ports, and they don't really care as much about thinness and so you kind of you put all this stuff together and it's just causing a lot of people to be upset um so i guess first i'll ask you did, did i you know did i phrase that and summarize that correctly and then i i have some pretty strong thoughts i think about some of that but i think before i get into that i want to hear where you sit with all this stuff so i think you're right i think um because the difficult part of this is you have to put it in perspective of Apple's overall business. Because as somebody who still does, like, because I know, like, you've, you've always found it weird that I <clears throat> will still listen to podcasts, main, like, a, a lot of times on a computer. That's so, so weird. If you're at a computer, why are you involving another device that you don't need to involve? Because I don't, I, I can't multitask like that. I can't listen to a podcast and be, like, doing something productive on my computer. Hmm. I don't know. Very strange. Um, but you know, like I still use the Mac a ton and I think it's an incredibly important product to me. And I, and I, uh, the few times a year I end up using windows in any, like, I mean, I use windows all the time inside like a VM uh, for work and on like work machines. 
But like anytime I try to use it like for something I would want to use it for that's not work, it, it's always so frustrating to me. So I, I sometimes feel lost that when Apple eventually loses any interest whatsoever in maintaining the Mac that I'm I'm totally screwed. Like what am I gonna use? Linux? No. So like that, I think all of that criticism and concern is warranted, and I think that's uh, something we should talk about. But also, like I'm not entirely uh, jazzed about everything else with Apple. I think the iPhone 7 was a really, really strange product um, where they still use the name iPhone 7, even though they've effectively just made minor improvements slash regressions with the product um, and turned it into a three-year major revision upgrade cycle like there's a lot of stuff going on with apple i think they deserve criticism is the wrong word just because like they're not really responsible to anybody other than hopefully they should want to make stuff that people want but maybe they maybe the maybe tim's cooks apple doesn't necessarily have to be that um concerned with what with like the fringes and is maybe they're more of a a populist company now where whatever product will sell to the 80% is fine, but the the people who really, really use the products intently and use every part of it, they're kind of going to go underserved or not served at all. So that's, I, I think you're, you're getting at exactly what I, what I feel most strongly about in terms of really just disagreeing with this, this whole premise which so looking at this the the German article here, th these are literally back to back paragraphs in the article. So that in one paragraph, German cites that the Mac generates about ten percent of Apple sales, but then right after that, he says the company can't afford to alienate professional designers and other business customers, and if more Mac users switch, the Apple ecosystem will become less sticky, opening the door to people abandoning higher value products like the iPhone and iPad. Like to me, <laughs> but those those last two statements are just completely without any sort of merit. And I think the the sentence which comes right before those two statements, which is the fact that listen, the Mac is ten percent of Apple's business and increasingly a smaller percentage of Apple's business. Like it's it's it, for perspective, like that ten percent threshold is where you know companies need to disclose that line of revenue. Like the Mac is literally about to fall below the requirement for them to even disclose how much revenue the Mac generates. So I don't I don't really I don't really understand how that's compatible with this idea that somehow the Mac is critical to Apple's existence because to I mean and I, I I'm biased because I'm not really someone who necessarily relies on a Mac as much as a lot of people do but I I think it's it's just simple simple financial analysis shows that Apple is in some ways abandoning the Mac because the Mac just really isn't that important. I disagree. So there's a lot of things here. So first, the German article has a couple, like it, it, it's it's well sourced, kind of, in the sense that it's it's got some inside info from some people who may or may not have ulterior motives, um, and like from a narrative about the company. I mean, I think it's 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 a flimsy premise in a lot of ways. I I agree with, kind of. If we ignore the facts, I agree with what it's trying to say because because that, that is how I feel. Well, that that is becoming an increasingly popular thing to do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm 
Um, but I, I here here here's my thing, and this is this is kind of jumping the gun a little bit, but. Apple is a company, and I'm looking up on Google Finance right now, that, that closed today with a $620 billion market cap. So if the Mac happens to be 10% of that company, that's still a very valuable business, and that's still a crap ton of money that they're making from it. So for like I I just I I disagree with the the premise that uh certain products are like beneath Apple or not worth their intent, uh, their attention, just because it doesn't happen to be as large as the iPhone, because they're big enough and they have the money where they can figure it out to hire enough people and pay enough attention to a product, and 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 make it work. And the changes and the attention they are paying to it are going in the wrong direction. So the resources that are scarce, apparently, that they are devoting to the product, are being devoted in the wrong way. Meaning what? Uh, look at the new MacBook Pro. Okay, so so that's okay. So I, I thought I thought that's what you were getting at, and that's like I, you you could see you could say that the Mac is is not that important in the grand scheme of things, and that's okay, and that's fine. But again, with a company that makes this much money, if it makes like if it's not a profit losing product, and if it's a product with healthy margins, it still is worth the time and attention. And it's the it's the product that allows you that allows all these developers and people to make the content that makes your other product valuable. Well, so I so, think well, so I think one thing that's important, and this is, I think this is a good place to call call this out is, and I, I kind of tried to do this when I was framing what's going on, which I think there are two very distinct things happening where there is a lot of evidence that Apple is paying less and less attention to the Mac, and then there's also things happening to the Mac that people don't necessarily like or agree with. And I, I think those are, I don't think those two things are very much related. Like I, I don't think Apple. Oh, I think they are. Well, I mean, but here's how I'm looking at it. Like I don't see how Apple's seemingly abandonment of the Mac Pro is related to, you know, like the touch bar or the decision to go just USB-C only in the new MacBook Pro. How, how not? Those seem entirely related. Well, I, I guess I, I see the first as being a sign that Apple isn't paying as close attention to the Mac as they once did. And I see the second thing almost being the opposite, where here is an example of where Apple's paying a lot of attention to the Mac. They're just simply making decisions that a lot of their users don't agree with. I think what that says is that Apple, like in the Mac Pro, is a weird product, where it it's it's uh, I'm sure a super low volume seller because a, a certain audience relies on it and really really likes it, and therefore is going to be kind of vocal about it, especially in the in the T word circles that we run in. But and but I think the MacBook Pro is a much a much larger product that kind of caters to the same audience. And we can all see that OS X and the Mac itself and the Mac hardware get less attention than they should and less attention than they have in the past. But the attention that they're getting is going in the wrong direction. And I think making a laptop that is allegedly for pro users or the higher end of its market uh, that it's trying to address, regressing in a lot of ways, removing a lot of ports that are still necessary in today's reign, in today's market, and 
just making design choices that are just like user hostile is the wrong word, but just are, but aren't serving the people that use it. I think that goes hand in hand with not with which with failing to update a product for three years that you're most uh, loyal and um, I don't know like the people who value the product the most use like the Mac Pro. I think the design decision they use on their more popular products and the lack of updates for that other one speak to the same thing. Perhaps, perhaps, but I also think, I also don't know if you can look at something like the touch bar and just assume that that's sort of like a dumbed down feature that doesn't appeal to, you know, the the high-end pros or whatever you want to re- refer to them as. I think I think it's it's a matter of it's a matter of taste to a large extent. So, but I, but I'm I'm not knocking the touch bar. Like personally, I don't think it's a good like I, it's not a feature I would use much, and I don't really care about it. I think it's actually quite useful in the sense that it is what allows Touch ID to happen, and I think that's a really really cool feature. But I think all the other design decisions, like uh, sacrificing battery life for thinness, maybe putting batteries that are not that reliable in a computer, which we'll probably talk about later. Uh, for the sake of making it thin, um, making it thin, which dramatically reduces key travel and makes for a worse uh, typing and computing experience, it is is a negative. I think removing all the ports before the um, before the market is ready for it, because this isn't just like a removing the floppy drive type of thing. This is like the computer is demonstrably worse because they've removed all these ports. And if they want to get adventurous and creative with that, that's what the MacBook and the other models are for. If you're if you have a, pr- a product that's premiumly priced that starts at eighteen hundred dollars and is allegedly for pros or the higher end of the market, removing all the features that they need and making it a worse computer is not is not the way to go about it. Like that's the, the attention that you're paying towards the product is being spent the wrong way. Because I would have loved to replace my 13-inch Mac Pro, and I can't now. But that's so. The but that's where I think we disagree. Which is, you know, you're saying that they're shrinking their addressable audience, but maybe they're actually doing the opposite. I mean, maybe they're shutting off a certain percentage of the market which they once addressed, kind of like the, you know, super power users. Mm-hmm. But you know. I, I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's I mean I don't have any hard evidence to to back this up but I I don't think it would be an unreasonable guess to say that the audience which cares about thinness and lightness and battery life is much much bigger than the percentage of the audience which maybe wants like more than 16 gigabytes of RAM for example. So do you think your current MacBook Pro is too thick and heavy? And do you think the thinness and lightness, allegedly, of, of the new one, like, do you think that's worth so the trade-offs? I think, so I think, I think this, I think this gets at exactly what the problem is, which is you and me, who are very much in what we keep calling the T-word circles, <laughs> which absolutely has to be the t- uh, title of this episode, and it most certainly will be. We're we're not that. We're not that bigger percentage I just referred to. We're the smaller percentage. And that I think that's what sure. people that's what people are 
losing sight of, which is, you know, Apple is a public company driven by profits, as they should be. And their, you know, their goal should not be to appease this, quite frankly, ever shrinking percentage of the user base. Like, it, it, uh, more, no, no. More, with the, the way that people use computers now, more and more people do not need more than 16 gigabytes of RAM. They do not need a quad-core processor. That's just not the way that the larger percentage of the audience uses computers. Can, can I stop you real quick? Because you've mentioned, we've talked about this in the past, where like a lot of the people that we know will use iOS devices and mobile devices as their only computer. Well, and that's, and that's you know, I mean, you know, it's, what's funny about the conversation we're having is in, in a lot of ways, it's, it's missing the even bigger point that, you know, you could make, which is people just don't even use computers anymore. But that, let, no, let alone... no, but no, that's the, that's the entire point. So if we're saying that iOS and like mobile devices and tablets have become so mature that a lot of people feel that they don't even need computers... Then the people who need computers, those are the people that you should design for. No, I, th I, th I think you're well, making a point think, for me. Well, but but then I think you have to ask yourself the question, as I'm sure Apple does, which is, of the people who are left who want computers, are they? Is it even worth our time to address that market? Then stop making computers. Well, I, I don't. You know. Don't don't make crappier computers. Just don't make computers. Like you can opt out of this. But it's still a place that they can make money. You know, I you know not to not not to spoil what we're going to get to later in the show, but you know one of where we're, we're going to do a little 2016 survey, and you know one of those questions is going to get at you know maybe kind of a non-obvious prediction for 2017. But if we if you ask me to make a non-obvious prediction, I don't know what the timeline would be, but in the next decade, something along those lines. I don't think it'd be crazy to say that Apple's going to stop making the Mac as we know it today. They might mm -hmm. have a new product line that they call the Mac, but it's not going to be, you know, the clamshell thing with a screen and a keyboard like we think of it. And what do you think it's going to be? <laughs> as I've said many times on the show, if I knew the answer to a question like that, perhaps I wouldn't be doing this program and would be working at Apple making lots more money than I do. Then where will the people that make the software for iOS make it? On PCs, well, I, running I, Windows 12. I mean, those are those are all things. That, yeah, actually, yeah, that, that's exactly yeah, right. Yeah, Xcode is going to run on Windows They'll 12. They'll be making it on their Surface 4s. Isn't that already a product? They're not already up to four, are they? I, I I'm pretty sure they are. <laughs> really? Yeah. I, so th the I thought it was just Surface. Here. I thought it was Surface 2. Surface Pro 4. Seriously? <laughs> Released in October 2015. 15? Yeah, man, you're you're behind the times. I I, I swear I was not. I was not. I'm. I'm often facetious on the show. I. I was not. I was not trying to be there. They're. They're really. So are they on? Are they past the Surface Four? Well, I know they made the Surface Book, and let me see. Let me Google Surface Five. Uh, does not exist yet. Okay. Um. Well, at least I had the current one. And hey, the curious thing: Surface Pro Four more ports than the MacBook Pro. Yeah. I mean, I, I, but you know, I like because here's and if if the MacBook Pro was something like the Surface Four, where it was radically different, I'd be like, hey, fine, that's it, it's fine. You're going in a totally different direction. But again, you've just made a computer that most people have relied on for a decade, and you've just made it crappier. It's not any cheaper, and it's not really that much better, except for Touch ID, which you could have done differently anyway. See, I, I don't know. I I think it. 
I think it comes down to a matter of taste and what's the largest addressable audience. Well, so let me ask you, so what is your case for the MacBook Pro? Tell me how it's better or who is now, who is, who has become, uh, what's, what's the opposite of disenfranchisement? It's not Fran- franchised, Fran- right? Fran- yeah. Franchisement. Is it? I, okay. I think so. So who, who has become franchised because of this computer? Like what, what market is being served now because of what they've done to it? I think touch ID and the touch bar services a lot of people. I think over time, USB-C is going to become more and more the de facto standard. I think being able to charge the device with USC, USB-C adapters is useful for a lot of people. Um, crazy as it may seem to you and me, I think a lot of people actually probably will like that keyboard, particularly people who no. have perhaps you know more grown up with something like an iPad keyboard. It's true, man. I mean, again, I, I, again, it's not you and me, but I, but that, that gets, that's, that gets to my whole point, which is the, the Macs that Apple are making in a lot of ways are, are not for people like you and me and our other friends in the T word circles. They're, they're just not. And And that, and that upsets people. And I think that's understandable, but the reality is that we are a small, small, small percentage of the overall market. And, you know, again, like the, the thing that you're, thing that we're not really even getting into here, or maybe we, we did and we just have different perspectives on it, but the Mac in general, let alone a, the design decisions around the Mac, just the concept around the Mac is becoming less important to Apple. And it should. I mean, they're, 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 shift towards the iPhone and becoming a more consumer-focused company should dictate that they're getting away from things like the Mac Pro. A more consumer-focused company? Well, with the, with the iPhone, yeah. And, and what were the MacBooks for? Well, I guess I just associate computers more with like traditional work and traditional office spaces than I do something like the iPhone. Well, I mean, the Mac has never had like big inroads in business. No. Like, okay, so, man, there were like three things there. Okay, first, if you want to take a couple days off work, like, we can go to the Marina Safeway and and set out, like, a taste test and see if anybody in their right mind prefers this new shallow key travel keyboard. Do you honestly think anybody likes it better? I think maybe the way I should have phrased it was, I think there are a lot of people, I would say the majority of people, who just don't even care, who come in, they use the keyboard. And you know what? A lot of them probably don't even notice it's any different than maybe keyboards they've used otherwise. Again, you and I, we think about these things. We, we painstakingly think about these things. And we think about it to the point where it, it actually factors into our decision to not purchase the laptop. Well, but, but, I, but, how, but I don't how think do you, that's a lot somebody... of people. How does somebody not think about it when you try it out in the store and you, you, half the words you've typed are misspelled because it doesn't work? <laughs> you're, like you're, text and, I don't think uh, that I don't think that's a problem for a lot of people. I really typing don't. typing is not a problem on a computer. You I mean you think you think you think you really think that Apple, with some of the most talented engineers, some of the most talented marketing people in the world, are really going to sit there and make a keyboard, which again, not for just you and me, but for the masses, is not something they feel is better. 
Like that's that's crazy yes. to think that Apple would intentionally. Yes. No, I, that's yes. that's crazy. You know, here's no, the thing, on. though. We have a very we have a very easy way, which we'll be able to see this is if we continue to see a decline in Mac sales, perhaps even if we see see an acceleration in the decline of Mac sales, then we'll know. Yeah. You know what? Some of these decisions that Apple have made in the last couple of years have actually hurt the Mac. But, but if we see no. Mac sales maybe even increase, then I, I think that speaks to the fact that the, that the decisions they're making, even though we don't mm. agree with them, are in fact what the majority of people want. It doesn't. Because here's the thing. If somebody, like if, if somebody steals my MacBook Pro tomorrow and I have to go buy a new one, I'm not going to go buy uh, a Lenovo X1 because I don't like the keyboard of the MacBook Pro. There are too many other reasons why I have to buy that computer. So no, I think that's, I, I don't think sales numbers are what determines it. And I don't think whatever Tim Cook uses to measure customer sat is going to accurately capture what people actually think of it. Like that's, no, no, like very few people are going to not buy a computer because of the keyboard, but they'll be less happy with it. But it, they'll think it's a worse product. Think they'll enjoy it, it less. Think about it from Apple's perspective, though. You just said that even, even though you're not very happy with these new computers, push comes to shove, you would still buy one. I mean, how great is that for Apple? They've got somebody here who doesn't really even like the computer, but would still buy one. And again, to be honest, you're the minority. A lot of people will walk into the store and just love everything about those computers. So they're as sure as heck going to buy one. <sighs> Killing me. Um, <laughs> oh, I mean, because I, I, I think you're taking like this devil's <laughs> this devil's advocate position. No, I'm, and I'm, I think you're I'm trolling not. me. I'm not. I, I, I'm I'm sure I've said this on the show. Like it's become one of the things that I've really tried to do in the last few years, in particular, is. Think about things not from my narrow lens. Think about it how the majority of people see technology and becoming aware that the way that you and I see and use technology is like the 1% of the 1%, you know? Think think about this. Like you, you we, had, we, had a conver we had a conversation earlier today about you like not wanting to buy an Eero because it didn't have like... I don't even remember what it was, DHCP reservations or something. I mean, these are just not, these are not conversations that most people who walk into an Apple store and look at the new MacBook Pro, these are just not the types of things that they think about. Maybe if they were thinking about it, we wouldn't have President Trump. <laughs> <laughs> uh, show's already off to a messy year. Um, yeah, I know. I thought, I thought 2017 was going to be the year of reconciliation, but here we are. Uh, no, they, they, they were too busy removing the, uh, dismantling the ethics committee. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. so I, th I, I totally get it and no, and I, and I, and I disagree with you saying that like, I, I am thinking of it from a different perspective. Like I, I, I have to, because that's the only way I think that any of this makes sense, but, and, and it's difficult because you're saying like, is this still going to sell? And, and of course it will. But like, I wish there was some other universe where like there was some prototype that I could steal from Apple that was like, here's the other MacBook Pro that we made that has better battery life, that has USB-C on it, but it also has some of those other legacy ports because you know what, it's 2017 and other shit still exists and it has a good keyboard, but it still has the touch bar. Which one would you buy? And I think most sane people, if they had a computer that was a half pound heavier, 
which was still pretty light and was better in a whole bunch of other ways, they would buy that one. Like, I don't think the fact that a lot of people will settle for what is a mediocre computer that makes a lot of weird compromises, the fact that they're not just going to go run out and buy like some weird uh, Lenovo computer, I don't think that's a win. Like, I remember Apple that used to want to make the best thing possible all the time and have a vision for their products and not just make weird shit because they hope people will buy it. But I, but I do, I do think that Apple still thinks they're making the best product possible. They're just, they're just going in a different direction than you'd want them to. Apple's not sitting there intentionally making a what they think is a worse product. They legitimately think it's a better product, and and you can totally disagree with that, and that's 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 a thousand percent reasonable. But the, the, I would completely reject the premise that Apple is intentionally making their computers worse Mm. they are making design and feature decisions that they feel is the best for the largest possible audience which by definition is going to take away from people who don't necessarily fit into that largest percentage of the audience okay we we have to move on eventually because we're just going to go in circles but I, i i do want you to tell me who who is buying this computer that wasn't buying the old computer? Who are these new customers that this computer is better serving? If you can find a way to insert crickets here, I, I will square cash you some money. I think, well, I honestly, I, I mean, I think, <laughs> you, know, you know, it's funny. I think Gruber's alluded to this a few times, which is, I actually think an overwhelming majority of people who walk into an Apple store and buy a Mac buy a Mac MacBook Air. Because that was a that was in a lot of ways a better computer than this. If you had just slapped a I, if you had just slapped a retina screen on the MacBook Air, that I, would be a better computer than this. I, man, go back and read the initial reviews of the MacBook Air. I you would not find many that were calling the MacBook Air a better computer i think we were in the same classroom when that when that computer was unveiled and i i had talked myself down out of buying that computer but again that computer was leaps and bounds better than what came before this computer is barely 0.4 pounds lighter than the old one it's not even a big difference like here's the thing i would not be mad i would not be bothered by any of this if the computer was literally half as heavy and like, if it was like insanely thin or insanely light, I'd be like, "Oh my god, this is a miracle!" Like, I, I this these trade offs are totally worth it. This thing is, it's it's like the weight of an iPhone. It's amazing, except it's not. <laughs> Killing me, because I. Th- <laughs> okay, let's move on. Yeah, it was a good a good discussion, but. But yeah, well, I think, but no, I think but, we do but, need to move on. Except I'm not sure we're going to move on entirely because we're going to move on to the Apple in 2016 thing that I, that I linked to. Okay. So a- Apple missing ship dates multiple times this year. Cause for concern? So no, I, I don't think so. Because, um, you know, the things that this article cites, things like the Apple Pencil and the AirPods. And I, th- I think those are actually the only two concrete examples that it provides. Well, and, and the SE that had really well, that wasn't bad a, that wasn't backlogs. a delay though. That was 
So well, no, that's, well, that's well, not having enough to meet user demand. Well, so so we'll, we'll get to that. I, I do I do think that's concerning. But but the the missing of dates with the AirPods and the pencil, eh? If Apple misses a date with like an iPhone, let, let's have this conversation again. Well, I think they did miss the date of an iPhone by a year. That's why we have this weird phone. Well, perhaps, yeah, perhaps. Um, but I guess I guess I meant more in the um, direct example of literally like you know September rolls around this year and there's no new iPhone. That kind of thing. Okay. But but I, I see what you're saying. But no, I th- I think your your other point, which I think is probably was my biggest takeaway from that article, the thing that I agreed with the most, which is Apple underestimating the demand for the SE really really does seem to be a pretty good example that Apple might not understand their audience the best that they could at, at least with the iPhone and I think that's that's concerning like I, I think it's I think it's it's crazy that they didn't anticipate more that people would want the old screen size and that yeah there and you know what i think also the, the fact that it took them so long to offer the bigger screen sizes shows the same thing that the fact that they just didn't recognize that there was this demand in the market is is concerning for sure so there's that and and i do actually think that relates very much to the macbook pro discussion we just had it it, it does and i and i realize that which i'm i yeah 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 i think they're designing for a uh, consumer that doesn't actually exist um and then there's the languishing products part, which I think makes total sense because, again, this goes – I get if Apple doesn't want to be in certain uh, like product categories anymore, and, that, and that's fine. But I think, again, a company of this size can either make more dis, uh, clear-cut decisions on what businesses they want to be in, and they could have thrown a couple of more resources to make a, a new Wi-Fi router or something like that. So I don't know. If Apple wants to streamline – like. Because that's that's the weird like paradoxical thing about like uh, Tim Cook's Apple is that th- they are just adding so many SKUs to the iOS devices. Like there's now five different colors and so many different models. And you know Tim Cook hates discontinuing anything. So there's so many generations of products that still exist. Yet they will go uh, three or four years with the same Wi-Fi router on sale. Like I, I just think that's... I think that's weird. I I, I, I agree with I for once in this episode <laughs> we're we're gonna we're gonna wholeheartedly agree with each other. But so yeah, I, I went into the Apple Store um, the other day to look to see if they had AirPods. <laughs> um, oh no! I know, oh. I know, they didn't. Um, Thank God. <laughs> oh, shipping delays. Um, yeah, we can come back to that. But no, I I completely agree that the way they've gone about just leaving languishing products on the shelf is isn't crazy. So what what I was going to bring up in that example from going into the store the other day was, you know, with all of the articles that had come out recently about them getting out of the Wi-Fi router uh, business, I, I I thought for sure that they weren't even selling them anymore. But no, there there was a shelf full of I think both time capsules and the airport extremes. Mm-hmm. And that that's I really the airport extreme surprised me less because you know certainly if, even if they've made the decision to stop manufacturing routers like there, there's going to be a warehouse full somewhere they got to get rid of but like the time capsule like I haven't even heard that phrase in 
like two years. So I was really surprised that thing was still around. And it, it is it is really disingenuous, I think, for Apple to still be selling those products if they are truly in the business of making the best product possible, which which I by and large think they are. But things like the Mac Pro and the Airport Extreme, I think, are pretty good counterpoints to that to that view. Yeah, I think walking in an Apple store is a really weird experience um, in a lot of ways because you'll you'll walk up front and you'll see these uh, beautiful iPhone 7s and these kind of weird iPhone 7 Pluses um, and then iPhone SEs and other stuff. But then you'll just kind of walk like the entirety of the store and then you see like, oh my God, the iPod Touch still exists and it hasn't been updated in three years. And oh, there's this Mac Pro cylinder that looks like a trash can that is connected to a non-retina display. And then there's uh, this uh, Apple TV remote that costs $80 for some reason. And then look at all these old routers that haven't been. There's just so much weird stuff about Apple and the Apple store that when you walk in is just, it just, it's, it's perplexing if you kind of, if you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I don't, yeah. I just don't know how many people really think, think about things like that. You and I certainly do, but. The average consumer, oh, like, and, and I'm sure the average consumer like doesn't care, but it. I'm not. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm thinking of the word justice, but it's, I mean, I'm sure it's wrong. But like, it just feels so weird that like we, we know what to expect with technology, and like in the sense that like technology is supposed to get cheaper over time, where when Apple is still selling the same Wi-Fi router that they sold for two hundred dollars three or four years ago for the exact same price now, part of that just feels wrong, sort of. Do you know what I mean? Is the air the airport extreme is two hundred dollars still? Oh hell yeah, it is. Man, yeah, that's rough. And like the fact that the Mac Pro has literally not seen a price drop ever, even though the components have got to have gotten cheaper. Like that just ah, that just seems like a, a gigantic middle finger to all their customers. Yeah, we don't even care about updating it, but <laughs> hell no, we're not going to reduce its price. I don't know. Um, so there's that. And like, I mean, again, the Mac pro, the Mac pro, whatever, whatever. But again, like it just seems in the section that kind of ranked true with me is one. So Apple doesn't really seem to necessarily understand its customer that much anymore. And I judge that based on what they manage, what they choose to prioritize their time and attention with. But also it seems like, uh, just Apple, like, I, I really agree with the section of, like, Apple is getting sloppy. Too many of the features that they release that are software-based are half-baked out of the gate. Um, it's just, I, I, again, of a company of this size and this much revenue, like, I don't, what is everybody doing? Does it take that many people to figure out Jet Black? <laughs> Again, I'm not trying to make jokes. Like I just like I don't know where where the attention is because I, like for me, like just the software experience, a lot of it has been way rougher around the edges. Like you remember iOS seven, where random reboots for literally half a year. Like every every big release seems to have just some weird issues. So I just don't know. Yeah, no, I, I think um, I, I think I think that's a fair point. Anyway, so that's Apple in 2016. Mm -hmm. 
you want to briefly gloss over this battery consumer reports thing? Yeah, you know, I I, I reread <laughs> I, I reread the um the iMore piece that we had linked to um in the Slack and you know, I, I think it's I think by and large I sort of agree with Renee Ritchie's sentiment that this kind of feels like consumer reports maybe grabbing, you know, grabbing a headline. Um or maybe even maybe if you want to be a little bit more charitable towards them, they they perhaps just didn't do the due diligence they should have done. But I mean it it clearly it seems like something is amiss here. And then the new MacBook doesn't truly get only three hours of battery life in some occasions. So there's there's, there's something else going on. I think it, I think a lot like a lot of some of the other you know in air quotes controversies that have happened with Apple products in recent years. I, I think this is you know much to do about nothing. I'm not so sure about that. I think Consumer Reports, like their credibility is shot after the whole antenna gate thing, like where Steve Jobs had to come on stage and give everybody free plastic bumpers in like just swallow his pride for a half hour. But I, there's got to be something up from these reports because like Walt Mossberg's Verge Review and a few others state that they have not gotten reliable results out of out of the battery of this computer. And Apple's weird response to this being, let's take out the battery indicator. Like, something's going on. I don't know. I feel like you'd hear hear more about it. Yeah. And that was was totally your opportunity to chime in and say, well, nobody's buying it because it's not for anybody. (laughs) Is that always... (laughs) Also... That sounded like an impression of Eeyore, which I don't totally dis- I to- don't totally refute. But <laughs> um, yeah, I did. I teed that up for you, man. Um, no, my my main point would be that I think the problem with this generation of Mac <laughs> Pro is that uh, in the past, uh, the the keyboard with um, normal key travel depth would have regenerative powers to recharge the battery, but this new awful keyboard doesn't have that benefit. So, yeah. No luck there. Be the the electric car of laptops. Exactly. They call it the Tesla mechanism. Oh man, that's that's pretty good. Yep. Yeah. No, I think I th- I still I think still think T word circles. Well, yeah. No, no, no. That, that's <clears throat> that has to be it. But that's a that's a close second. Yeah. Hey, anyway, yeah. I, I don't. Not not a lot else to say there. I don't think. Yeah. All right. Keep chugging along. Uh. So I I <laughs> I was indignant earlier this week. So uh, about Amazon. What has been your experience with the uh, Prime in general and the way that things get shipped to you? Because I ordered an external hard drive that I needed on time, so I paid the extra $4 for shipping uh, to get it overnighted. And I was like, oh, please don't be USPS. Please don't be USPS. And then like an hour later, it says, yep, it's USPS. So, yeah. No, I mean, there's been a long (laughs) documented history on the show complaining about, in particular, on track. Uh, and to a lesser extent, I think, yeah, USPS. But, you know, knock on wood here, I got to say, my the last year or so on Amazon has been really good with shipping. No matter the carrier, it just feels like things are getting here faster and faster. Like more more things are available for free next day shipping, and they actually do get here the next day. I've had things arrive a day earlier than expected. Um, 
I have had a couple of things here and there which which have been a little delayed, but I, I think by and large I I've been pretty lucky. But I do I do think some of that ha- is due to the fact that I'm in San Francisco, and I think we really do with Amazon sort of get the best of the best with their shipping options. And it kind of it kind of feels like even if you're just slightly outside the city limits here, you you kind of have a different set of options available to you. Yeah, I don't know. It's just that the, the uh, U, like USPS, like the, the, the if you have something that gets shipped that's not the two main carriers, I don't know. It just seems like the reliability in a lot of areas is it just gets gets weird. Like my experience in the East Bay and in Marin, like it 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 I I cannot believe how it becomes so different so quickly. Well, I mean, actually though, to continue to play devil's advocate as I am apparently doing on this episode, the the carrier I had the most trouble with over the holiday season was UPS. I mean, I I, sh- I showed you, right? Like I had I had an instance where there was like a carrier accident that caused a delay. And then I, on like three different occasions, just got the generic message of, due to general operating conditions, your shipment's been delayed. Like, what the hell does that mean? And that, that was all at UPS. So I, I think some, some of it, I would sort of make the analogy to the way that a lot of people have like certain airlines that they really dislike. I think a lot of it is just stuff that's sort of just out of the airline's control. And I think like with, you know, things like weather, things like mechanical malfunctions, like that stuff just happens no matter what. And I think with Amazon, with a lot of the shipping stuff, a lot of it's just sort of out of their, out of their hands. And whether it's USPS, UPS, FedEx, whoever, like it, things just, things happen. I think it's probably true, but, um, (laughs) sorry, I just went to Amazon and it just flashed over a thing that said, Thanks to Amazon Prime, you've saved over $100 worth of shipping costs and 15 trips to the store, <laughs> which is really weird because I think that makes me think that Alexa is listening to me complain about Amazon and they're trying to reinforce the fact that I shouldn't do anything crazy. That was really spooky. I do think they should refund your money, though, if you, if you don't, in fact, get the item at, in the time that you were promised, especially if you, if you paid more for that. Yeah. That seems crazy. That's not not just automatic, because new like like Newegg does that. I have a random question: Does anybody still use Newegg? I do, I do occasionally, because they always no. I'm trying to think. They they always charge tax, so I'm trying to think. What was well, the yeah? They're they're, they're based in California. The, the shipping was just so damn fast. I mean, because oh, because it was, they were regardless of what you paid, you always got it within two days. Yeah, you could you could get the like seven to ten day shipping, and it would be there like the next morning. It was great. More so when we were in Southern California, but because I think they they were, I think for a while at least, like everything shipped out of Southern California with them. I don't, I don't think that's the case anymore. But it was like City of Industry was where everything came out of before. Is that where the Southern California Rams play? Uh, it might it might be where the uh, Southern California Chargers play. Mm. Yeah, Philip Rivers. Is he still on the team? Yeah, yeah, he's their quarterback. Hey, good job, me. Good job. I'm just rooting for America's team. Oh, God. Don't get me started on that. I hate bandwagon fans, but since I hate football so much, ah, <laughs> uh, Cowboys for life. Ugh. Romo. That's the worst. He's not, he's not even their quarterback. I don't know. Um, sorry, 
I can't. I literally I'll, can't I'll think of any you, other. Yeah, f- I'll give you. I'll give you a dollar if you could actually name the Cowboys starting quarterback without looking it up online. Shit. There's no way <laughs> so, you know this with this magic keyboard. I, it, it's too loud. <laughs> I'm trying. I know. I was literally trying to think. Can I think of any other active football player? And I wasn't sure. But then I thought Eli Manning. I was half expecting you to say Peyton Manning. No, he's he's. Sorry, I was gonna say he's, no, he's not dead. <laughs> I'm sorry. He, he's he's retired, right? Yeah. 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 Oh man. Um, what's the deal with the 49ers? Oh god. Like how did like this whole like the the kneeling thing and the like the whatever like the Kaepernick stuff? Who cares? But weren't they in the Super Bowl like three years ago? Yeah. Did they just, yes. lo- did they just lose a lot of talent, or yeah. did they somehow just like just start sucking? They did. They lost a lot of talent, and they stupidly fired their head coach. Wait, they fired Harbaugh. Uh huh. But now he's coaching college football of like the most winning team ever, right? Right. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. What would happen if they replaced the? Is it Minnesota or Michigan? Michigan. What team, if they replaced the Forty ers with the Michigan players, yeah, they they probably, would they probably be beating the Cowboys? They, they probably should. Yeah. And that is the extent of what I know about football. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. All right. Do you want to? So this is uh, kind of a throwaway topic I had earlier today, or like earlier this week when I was uh, recording some macros in Excel. I wanted to know what what do you do you use macros in Excel, and to what degree do you do any type of uh, like computer automation stuff? Not as much as I should. I, I do use some macros, but as an accountant, I probably should be using more. Um, my big thing is are keyboard shortcuts. That's that's what I'm pretty big into, both with Excel and just sort of like system wide. I find those to be a huge time saver. Got it. But I think, and we we mentioned this, I think even just on the last episode, like I I probably should get more into like the home automation stuff. Like I I would probably benefit from even learning something like an Apple script or something like that. But I've never really gone never really gone that far. Yeah, so I mean that that's what I was going to talk about. So I mean, yeah, Excel macros are great. Like I finally after like uh 2 months of like kind of doing the same tedious like uh 15 minutes of like editing reports in Excel um every morning. Um I finally recorded a macro that would finally get that done for me. But no, like on my actual Mac itself as like one of these old uh stubborn uh power users, like I I use Automator, I use Text Expander, I use Apple Script and all that kind of stuff. And and I have things set up in a very particular way that saves a ton of time on OS ten. So no, I would recommend exploring that. And like you can make little custom services and things like that in Automator that save a lot of time if you do those types of things on the computer. Like I'm sure there's a way that you could find a way to program some stuff that would speed up um like the stuff that you do with podcasts. Yeah, I I I really should get more into that. Have you ever used that workflow app thing on iOS? No. I mean it came up in the upgradies and I no, I I have not used it. They've mentioned it on that show before too, but every time, yeah, and I've tried it, and it's kind of whatever. Like, I, it it doesn't seem to make sense for me. But every time they uh, they mention it, it seems like it's it's one of those things that they that people who try to use the iPad as their main computer rely on really heavily mm. to make it functional, right? And I think that's kind of where where that where that stands. My big thing that I've been meaning to get more into as well is IFTTT. Like that seems right up my alley, especially since I've got kind of more of the things that would hook into that now. But I just have never I've never really taken the time to go through that. Yeah, this is pretty good. They they did a big revamp this year where they they they, they broke a lot of stuff. But yeah, but again, I think it's, that's just so, the it's old. supposed to be a lot easier to use now, though, right? 
<laughs> yeah. I think there's some parallels here between the, uh, <laughs> the macro discussion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I think that covers kind of the meat of what we've had for the past couple of weeks. It, it was a slow couple of holiday, uh, it was a slow holiday stretch, but since it's the first show of the year, I think we're going to round this out with a quick, uh, what we'll call a survey of 2016. Yeah, I think this this was you know partially inspired by the upgradees, um, but I think we've also kind of done this in the past, and I think we may have even done this the same way last year, where we don't really make the last show the previous year our kind of year in review. It's more like let's take the extra week, kind of think about this a little bit, and sort of make the first show of the new year a little bit more reflective of the previous year so that's what we're doing here so we have a couple of categories that we're going to run through and we'll each just kind of trade off on what our answers are if there's no awards given out and there's no right or wrong answers unless it's really ridiculous (laughs) so we shall see um so uh i will read off the first one and then you will be first up to answer so what was uh your favorite app could be mac or ios and i'm sure it'll be ios so my favorite well it's, it's actually both um so my, my favorite app and I, I had to double check this was a, a 2016 thing of mine and and believe it or not it was it, it was january of 2016 is when i when i first started using this uh which is omnifocus uh, that was new for me in 2016 which i know to you is, is crazy as a long time omnifocus user but um yeah it's been about a year now and i i've stuck with it I haven't really gotten a lot more advanced with it, honestly, than I did in those first couple of weeks. I've kept it pretty basic, but it's it's really worked for me. And you know, I really do find that I get away from it a little bit sometimes, but then I find when I get back to it, it really, really does help kind of get me back on task. So can't can't say enough good things about OmniFocus. Cool. Yeah, we haven't had a productivity follow up in a long time, but I'm glad that's sticking. Yeah, it's it's really good. Uh, for me, and I, <clears throat> I didn't specify or I wasn't really sure whether or not this had to be released in 2016, uh, but no, my combo was OmniFocus and Dropbox. But since you've already taken that, uh, I'm going to say the app Momentum. Oh, yeah, okay. And I know you kind of pivoted away in our in chose streaks. Do you still use that? I do, yeah. Good. Yeah, I think I think habit tracking is something that it, could be uh, it, effective. It's at, really good. Yeah, I think as as old people changing your ways is is difficult and it's a good way to kind of to put some momentum behind that (laughs) yeah all right so then we have a favorite device but we're gonna split this up a little bit because i want to because i think there are two different ways you can look at this uh something that was fifty dollars or less and something that was fifty dollars or more so i think I, i really i struggle with this one um and I, there were there were a couple of things here in the apartment I could have given the fifty dollars or more to, but I guess it it comes down to the the echo because that sort of is the the linchpin with all this stuff. Like I thought about you know talking about the hue lights, I thought about talking about the the Harmony Hub and the Harmony Elite, but Alexa really and the and then the Echo is really what makes all that stuff possible. So I, I think that's got to be my favorite device, fifty bucks or more. It's it's really really great, and it really it, it makes it makes all those other devices a whole lot better than they would be otherwise. Um, and then with the the fifty fifty bucks or less, um, I, I actually I meant to find the you'll know what I'm talking about, but I but I meant to find the um exact name of this um 
Uh, I'll I'll find it for the I'll find it for the show notes. But it's oh no, here it is. It, the Morphe 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 <laughs> Power Capsule. So this is um, a carrying case for a pair of wireless headphones. Any could be any wireless headphones that also has a fourteen hundred milliamp hour. I guess is how you say that. Uh, mm -hmm. battery built into it there was a black friday sale going on where this thing was like half off or something and so i picked one up for my um bose sound sports and man this thing is just so great so so great because there would be so often where those headphones i'd forget to charge them and they die like halfway through a day but just being able to throw these things in the case and always having them charge is awesome um, and what I was really surprised by was that this thing charges the headphones like seven or eight times before I have to recharge the case itself, which is really great. Um, hmm. and the case is actually, it's, it's better than the case that came with the headphones cause it's bigger because <laughs> the case, the case that came with the headphones is too darn small. And th mm -hmm. this case is like more the correct size. Um, yeah, because it's it, it's more like the the case that came with the Powerbeats, right? Yeah, it, it's very similar to that. Although it's it's larger than that, even which is good. Um, yeah, can't. In fact, actually, I, I was. I know we're not going to do picks of the week this week, but I actually was considering making it a pick of the week either this week or sometime soon. But th this is a good place to call it out. It's really, really good. Hmm. Super smart. Cool. And how much was that? Uh, so right now I, I got it for less than, I got it for, I think around 20 or $25, but it, it regularly wow. sells for, uh, 39.95 on the, got on it. the Mofi website here. Okay. So for me, uh, the $50 or more category was, a, was a tie, but I think I'm edging it out to one thing, but it was going to be between Alexa and, uh, the Withings Wi-Fi scale. Mm, yeah. And the Wi-Fi scale wins out just because it eliminates like this certain amount of friction to something that to a task that's not that pleasant that I normally wouldn't do otherwise. Like just having a device that automatically uploads your your weight and body fat percentage and all that kind of stuff to the health app uh, on your iPhone automatically and it just can it can just kind of be technology that lives in the background and isn't uh, intrusive at all, I think makes it the winner there. Um, and then $50 or less, it's also going to be uh, a charger like yours. Um, mine is the Fotiv uh, 6-port 60-watt charger. So this is, I'm sure you've seen this before, where it's uh, just like a, a, like a big-powered USB hub that allows you to charge all your devices from just one big charging block. Oh, yeah. I've got one that looks almost exactly like this from Anchor that was another Black Friday sale. Yeah, same same idea. So those are those are really good. I have one at the office. I have two at uh, two at the house, and it's it's uh, fantastic. Hmm. Yeah. Good choice. Yeah. All right. Biggest disappointment, except you thought it would be good. So the, so no yeah. Galaxy Note Seven or any of that <laughs> kind of stuff. Just yeah. The, this this one this one's easy for me. What's that? The the Oculus Rift. Mm. Um, I, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't expect to be like blown away necessarily. I, I did know what the, the limitations were going into it, but man, I was so disappointed with that thing. I mean, I, I sold it, you know, I don't, I don't even have it anymore. 
What? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I sold it. Uh, break even or lost? I pretty close to break even. I was pretty surprised. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's just so so disappointing. The to me the quality of the screens just isn't there. There's the, the the whole screen door effect just totally takes you out of it. Um, and then the other thing for me that was really disappointing and really surprising was I'm I'm really not the type that gets motion sick very easy. Like I I grew up you know going to Six Flags Magic Mountain. I'll ride any roller coaster, do whatever. I mean I've been skydiving. Like I mean that that kind of stuff really just doesn't bother me. But God, I, I spend more than like ten to fifteen minutes in VR, and ugh, it's not good. So. Super disappointing, and then that you know that doesn't even get into like the software at launch was bad. The there was a huge delay with shipping the hardware, like the the whole thing, just super super disappointing. And didn't you rebuild your gaming PC for it? Kind of. I mean, that was like a, a group thing with some friends, and you know, we made like a whole thing out of that, which was sort of unrelated to the VR thing. I mean, the VR is sort of what motivated us to do that, but. No, I mean no, no regrets building the PC, um, but the the VR thing, no good. Hmm. Well, that's a bummer. Um, do you have any game consoles still? <clears throat> yeah, I, I bought a um, I bought an Xbox One S, um, mostly because it was literally like twenty dollars cheaper than just buying a standalone four um, K Blu Ray player. Is there any Xbox VR solution? Because I know people have been raving about the PlayStation VR. Um, the well, so the not yet, but the rumors are that there's going to be some type of Oculus integration come next year. There's been some hints towards that. Okay. <clears throat> so then, my pick for biggest disappointment that you thought you'd be good, surprising pick, the new MacBook Pro. Wait, you didn't you didn't buy it though? No, no, thing you thought would be good. Okay. Yeah. I thought gosh, I thought you meant that. I thought you meant that you bought one. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. No. I I I don't know what I would do if I had to buy one. Okay. I'd be so mad. I I I had I had interpreted this as something that we actually bought that we were disappointed in, but okay, that that's fair. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Wait. Sorry. Is do do you have a follow up? Like, do you think you know of something that you were maybe hopeful for and thought would be good, but ended up being a letdown, even if you didn't buy it? <laughs> no, I think I think the Oculus still fits. Okay. You're not you're not gonna buy like an HTC Vive or something, are you? How do you how do you pronounce it? Vive or Vive? <laughs> oh, you've never been so old. It's the it's the Vive. Yeah, that doesn't sound much closer. <laughs> I think I think Vive is is pretty. Oh, All of these sound like made up names. Just stop. Oh. Okay. Next up, we're about halfway done with this, folks. Item you held off from buying. And, and another easy one for me the the five K iMac. <sighs> you know it, it, why do you, why do you not want to buy the the last good computer they'll ever make? <laughs> I really do. I mean, every time I walk into an Apple store, I see it. It's the screen is incredible. The design is great. I mean, everything about it's awesome. But for someone who very, very seldom uses a computer at home, I mean, there are many weeks where this, you know, hour to an hour and a half that we spend recording is literally the only time I'm using a computer at home. 
you know, the setup I have now, which we haven't really gotten into, which maybe we will next week or in the next couple of weeks is, you know, I've got a, you know, 300 Dell monitor, $300 Dell monitor, which is, you know, it's fine. And then I've got the hinge dock, which is pretty cool. And that's, you know, that's for my purposes, that's what I should stick with. Okay. I really wish I I I, I could justify buying a 5K iMac, but that's just too too far of a stretch even for me. I get it. If you if you don't like if you don't do like any desktop or like traditional computing, like it's it's not worth it. No, no. I mean the screen is incredible, like and that's that's really what I would want it for. Cause I mean I'm sitting here looking at this Dell monitor and you know, it's fine, but um it's not a retina display. Yeah. Well, here's the deal. I'm, I hope in 2017 to get back into photography. So hopefully I can find a way to convince you to get into that. And therefore you will want the 5k iMac. God. Yeah. It is a fantastic Lightroom machine. Yeah. I, I, I imagine. <laughs> yeah. I imagine. All right. So for me, it's going to be the Eero and, or like any other, like improved Wi-Fi networking technology. Cause my, my airport extreme is, is, is giving it up. Um, like even just being 20 feet away from it, like it somehow seems to get like congested on its own. <laughs> like, I don't even know how to describe it, but like just stuff that should not stutter or like, or gets slow, just gets slow. So I need to figure that out. I mean, they're going to do like some bigger, like uh, more like complicated networking setup, or I'll just give in and get Eero, but have a separate router. But no, you, you've effectively convinced me that that's the solution. Yeah. The, the Eero, the Eero is pretty cool. And I, and I, maybe you can, uh, so tell me after the show, but I, I looked into it and apparently it maybe does do DHCP reservations. Yeah, so I think, um, yeah, I, I think I recall seeing that in, um, so I'm looking at the app here, advanced settings, DHCP and NAT. So tap on that. What does that do? Yeah. So you can configure how your ear network assigns IP addresses to connected devices in your home. Ah, damn it. It does do it. Yeah, and there's the set, the mm. default setting, which is what mine's on, which is just automatic, but then there's also manual IP, which I assume is what you're looking for. Yeah. Dang. Okay. Mm. Yeah, Eero's good. Eero's really good. It looks good, and it looks like a really good company, too. Yeah, smart company. Based based right here in San Francisco, actually. Hmm. Yeah, it looks like, it's like... Uh, never mind. I was going to go back to ragging on Apple, but I won't. <laughs> All right, moving on. Most fun gadget app or whatever of the year. For it's gotta be the Philips Hue Lights. They're hmm. they're silly, they're totally not like necessary, but mm-hmm. man, they're they're a lot of fun. Like the, the motion sense sensor stuff, which I've gotten into more recently, which we talked about on the last show, really great. It never gets old having people over for the first time and you know, doing the demo where you turn the lights <laughs> on or off with Alexa. Like people get a kick out of that. It's that they're and like the, the dimming features is actually legitimately really cool. But just overall there this the smart light thing is, is pretty fun. Like being able to turn your lights on and off from home or remotely rather is cool. Like now that we've got the canary where it you know it, it shows live streaming video when we're away from home. Like I've I've demoed turning the lights on and off when I'm away. That's kind of fun. Totally not necessary, but fun. Cool. Yeah, glad you got on board with that. It's it's um, yeah, I think you have a really good setup right now, so that's nice. Uh, this one I struggled with, and all I could come up with uh, is Thunderscape, which is one of my old picks of the week, which is just kind of like a, a white noise slash uh, rain sounds app for going to sleep. 
That's that's the best I could come up with. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Yeah. Best movie and or television program of the year. These came came late in the year for me. Best movie is Rogue One, which is the the latest Star Wars movie. Obviously, I know not one that you'll agree with, but if controversial pick. Yeah, right. But it, it's it's really good. Really, really good. And, you know, good on Disney for the first two movies they've had now have been really solid. Um, so really, really excited to kind of excited again for the future of Star Wars movies. Um, and television also a late in the year thing. Uh, Westworld. Just awesome. Slow burn little, you know, it, it's one of those stereotypical shows where it's like you got to kind of just get through the first few episodes. And I I usually hate when people say that. Um, but but it's true. It, it it takes a little little you know little getting into. But the the payoff in the last four episodes is is probably some of the best twists that I've ever seen in either movies or TV movie or TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and the 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 season finale, man, it's just the pay the payoff is so good, so so good. Hmm. I'm okay. not, not sure if you'd like it or not. Yeah, I know. It's hard to, you, you, hard to tell, but... Um, you told me. I, I was pretty on board with making it kind of like a next six day, uh, the next sick day I have or like weekend or something. But then you mentioned I probably wouldn't like it, so I'm, I'm perplexed. It just, well, it, it's got the, like, the violence and stuff that I know that you typically don't like. And there's, there's a ton of that. I mean, it's, H, it's HBO. So everything you'd imagine there is in an HBO show is there like times 10. Ugh. So, okay. you know, and I, I don't, you're not a big sci-fi guy either. And there's definitely a lot of that to it. In sci-fi, I don't mind, but if it's like full on Star Trek, Star Wars, Stargate, Star, no, it, it's not like that at all. It's, it's more, um, it's kind of matrixy, I guess. Uh, okay. Okay. We'll see. Um, <clears throat> so best television of the year, I think is a two way tie. So this is between Better Call Saul and Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. So two very good shows. And then for movies, uh, there's no one pick, but I have gotten back into watching like classic movies from the 50s and 60s and like Hitchcock films. Um, so that is what I would recommend people huh. do if they are ever looking for uh, some stuff to watch and are disenchanted with what's out there and they don't want to watch another uh the fifth installment of a, some Marvel, whatever, whatever that Disney recycled. Hmm. That is a good suggestion. Okay. All right. What are you looking forward to in 2017 related to the T word? The, the new iPhone. I, the, it seems like there's enough smoke now where there's probably fire around the idea that this year's phone is going to be some huge leap forward. So I'm, I'm kind of buying into that hype. Um, and I'm really excited to see what they do. Excited for a legitimately like different iPhone. If you had to guess, do you think the camera is much different? Only in the traditional sense, where it's you know it's an improved camera, but nothing nothing radical. So I, I buy into the idea that it seems like the screen and the form factor are what's really going to change. Yeah. Remember when, like a year and a half ago, Gruber had mentioned that like there's going to be some crazy innovation to the iPhone camera. Do you think that was just the Seven Plus's camera? Yeah. Uh-huh. I think he's alluded oh, to man. that's what it was, and that maybe they mm-hmm. had ambitions to do more, but this is kind of what they landed at. Got it. 
So this one is actually kind of going to be a prediction that's uh, stolen from someone else. So I'm not sure if you saw the article earlier, uh, I think this week or last week, uh, where Farhad, Farhad Manju in the New York Times mentioned that like the gadget is dead. Where if, uh, most products are becoming much more mature and also most cool things that people get excited about now are either services or apps. Like there haven't there hasn't really been another iPod or like must have gadget other than Alexa and most of Alexa is actually the cloud service that's the most interesting part. So I think that's what I'm looking forward to. Hmm, okay. Fewer gadgets but more cool stuff. Yeah. All right, give me one prediction about 2017. So I think to to tie this into the earlier part of this program, I think I think the Mac's going to get some love in 2017. I think we'll see, we'll finally see something happen to the Mac Pro. I think we'll see new iMacs. I think we might even see speed bumps to the the MacBook Pro. I think across the board, I think the Mac, the Mac's going to get some love. My prediction is that Apple does not get its groove back. It continues <laughs> to flail. Uh, okay. One non-obvious prediction for 2017. So I think I think this is particularly non-obvious given the news that came out. It was, I don't know if it was today or yesterday about Tesla missing their shipment numbers yet again. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Tesla is going to turn it around this year. I actually think that the Model 3 is going to start shipping as they've been promising near the end of this year. I think that the autopilot stuff is going to continue to really advance and really impress people. I think I think Tesla's really going to be this is a really bad pun, sorry, but firing on all cylinders um this year. Hmm. Hmm. I'm 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 bullish on Tesla. Which might which might be influenced by the fact that I'm on the Model 3 pre-order list and I really want that thing to be good and ship on time. <laughs> I thought you could say on the board of directors, and I don't know why I thought that. Okay. My prediction, and again, feel free to cut this out. The Trump presidency will be a national embarrassment, but it won't be as bad as we fear. Yeah, yeah. It'll be awful, but not catastrophic. Right. I think, I think that's, that's probably where I land, too. So here's the thing. The only, and I, and I feel so bad that this gives me slight hope, but did you saw the thing where early this like this week after the whole GOP trying to disband or greatly like neuter the ethics office where Trump criticized them? Well, that like that. Oh, but he criticized. Well, that that's not a good example. He criticized the timing, not the. Yeah, it's still something. I'm grasping at straws here. Yeah, that that's not a great example. <laughs> we're we're gonna have Kid Rock playing at the at the, at the inauguration probably. I don't. Ugh. It's good. Oh, God. Uh. <laughs> we can't end it like this. Uh, we might. We might have to.